This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone, Chris Hambling here for Whole Radio. The following recording was made at the celebration dinner for the Eagles Fitter Fans Group. It was a great occasion and we have some content from a Q&A with John Solarco, as well as 10 minutes hosted by myself and Mark, where we talked to some of the participants about their experiences. Uh, a big well done to everyone involved, and if you want to know more about this wonderful project, then do contact Rob Perrett. It's uh, rob.perrett at cpfc.co.uk. Perrett is spelled P-E-R-R-E-T-T. Uh, and on behalf of the whole radio team, thanks very much to Dave and to Rob uh, for organising it. In the first question, John was asked about Sean Scannell being left out of the side before, but has now come back into the side this season and looking to fulfil on his promise. A follow-up questions meant that John also talks about England and coaching in general. You look at the lads that come through now, and, and you know they're massively talented. Maybe it's your Victor Moses, your John Bostocks, John Scannell, <laughs> and uh, you know Sean. Um, Sean's one of that group that are extremely talented. And the problem with talented players, you know, they, the agents get involved, you know, the parents get involved, and you know they get a bit complacent and they lose their way, but. I talked about, you know, it's about a big picture, you know, watching the mighty England beat the Spain at Wembley tonight. Come on, England! Come on, England! Yes! Yeah. Give me a strike, Scott. Scott. Uh, don't mind the Irish, or, we don't mind the Irish or the Welsh, but the Scots. Just make sure he... Hey, you've got the summer off, haven't you? Yeah, the Irish will be there. Come on, Ireland. No, we will miss the Scots, because they are fantastic. Beating Cyprus last night. No, but the young lads, you know, when, when you come through it, it's, it's, it's about mentality and an attitude and application and a focus to, to want to achieve. And it's about seeing the big picture. I mean, I look at the England side, you know, people talk about Spain, but we've got the talent. Um, we, we don't have the coaching, but people like Adam Johnson and, and, and Downing, they've got the ability to, to, to be just as good. But it's about working hard and focusing and seeing the big picture. And, and going back to someone like Sean or Zahar this year, who are now beginning to... Because it's about the whole team. It's about not just when you're on the ball. It's about when you haven't got the ball. You've got to do a job for the team. And you've got to have that work ethic. And if you've learned that, and you play as a team, as a team member, I should say, then you know, you're going to be useful. Remember, so if, I, if you're Dougie, 
you know, you, you, you talk about people you can rely on, and they're going to dig in, they're going to keep a shape, they're going to find, you know, they're going to work for the team. We all have to do it. You've got to double back on your fallback, you've got to get back in the box and do the ugly side of the game. Uh, and it's all about that mentality, and they're learning that. You know, they're getting there. They're getting there. It's part of the process, but some of these kids, you know, they earn a lot of money and, and they, they get a lot of crap, you know, put in their heads, you know, and, and, and you've, you, you've got to forget about the money. You've got to learn your roles, learn your jobs, and focus on your football, and all that will come. Um, and that's what we're trying to instill in, in, in the academy. You know, 16-year-olds say, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, you're on a treadmill. They think they've made it, and they haven't. The hard work's just started. You get in the youth team, then you get in the reserves, then you get in that first team. And then the dream's got to be, ultimately, as high as you can. You know, don't play for England. You know, you've got to keep working and grafting, you know. And unfortunately, you know, it's, yeah, well, the birds and the booze and... <laughs> and if they're like, like, like in the drugs, yeah. No, you know, I think it's a culture and a, and a certain mentality in this country where, you know, I, you know, you look at people like Aguero or, you know, Silver, they just, you know, Suarez, they just seem to love playing, you know, it, it, it means everything to them. And the only thing I would say, I think some of, sometimes with England players, we have the, the ability, but whether or not it means everything to them, whether or not you, you know, you know, you live the life, you've got to eat right, the right fluids, you know, the right training, you know, you know, you so you top foreign players, you've got to learn from them, you know, it's mad looking at the statistics, there's only 39% of the Premier League is English players in, in La Liga in Spain, it's 80%, which is, you know, something we need to address, but again, coaching it, and developing young players. We don't have good enough coaches in, in, in Holland, in Spain, Germany. They have top player, ex-players, they have top coaches. So in, in England we'd have 300 A-licensed coaches. In Spain they'd have like a thousand. In, in, in Germany they'll have 800. In, in Holland they'll have 800. It's just we don't, we, we don't want to be educated, you know, I think football is a philosophy, it's an education, it's a, it's a learning process and, and you have to be a student of the game. So if we look, I look at managers and look at your Steve Bruce and, or Brian Robson or... <laughs> <laughs> you look at all your top, you know, hobble, what they do is they, they suddenly get to the end of their careers and think, do you know, I'd like to coach, I'd like to manage, but they expect they ain't their FIFA licence or the pro licence, stuff like that, they just want to walk through it. They don't actually want to be students of the game and understand the tactical and technical side of, of the game and you know that that is something we need to address until we get better coaches and you know you you, you just say Mourinho to have been on a treadmill you are some bangers you know though all those kind of guys if you look at through whatever they want to learn they want to take it all in I mean a lot of the guys talk of the game, maybe David Platt's out from around the world, I mean Tony Adams is in Azerbaijan or somewhere, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. You know, if you really want to learn, get in the academy, start at under 12s, under 11s, learn something about yourself, learn about developing players, learn about coaching, formations, and then, you know, they don't want to do that. They want to go straight to a management job at the top level, which is difficult because it's the spotlight and the pressure, and it's about winning. But you know, in the academy, you can develop yourself as a coach, 
and as a person, I learned so much about football. And it's, it, you know, it's a, it, it's a ladder. And in other countries, they're prepared to do that. Here, we don't. We just want to go straight to the top. So, until we change that culture, it's going to be hard. Next question to John was a follow-up. After mentioning the academy, Win versus Chelsea, John was asked whether how, how he would feel seeing the best players snapped up by them under the EPPP. I tell you, you know, I tell this conversation with parents and kids all the time. Here, you'll play. You know, it's very much an education learning. You know, the kids we've got now, we've just signed to again and Scannell. Um, you know, Jonathan Williams has signed again. You know, but they need to learn, so they need to play games. And I remember going out as a kid, I went out on loan to Swansea uh, for three months and, and Richard Shaw and all the boys and you look at Man United do it well and all the big clubs, you have to go, Ashley Cole was here for a year, wasn't he, he had a fantastic time and learn, you, you need to learn your job. And, and I say to the kids, it's not about being at your Chelsea's and your Arsenal's and your Tottenham's. Great academy and it's a great kudos side, mate, but, but what's the chance of you both in the first team? The last person that Chelsea produced I think was John Terry. They, got him from West Ham and you know so you're not going to come through the Chelsea Academy because you know or Man City or, or all these places but you will get a chance here now ultimately in a roundabout way those players will probably end up back here anyway um, so you know for the group crop of players that we've got it's such a wealth of talent in, in this in a London area where we are um, but again it's agents and parents they, they think the wrong thing and they generally say to them look get your head down Play your football, you will earn your money and you will learn your game, you'll develop and then you'll go on to play. And, you know, there's plenty of time. You know, kids are playing younger now, they're playing at 18, 19, so play 100 games, 120 games, then you'll get your move at 22, 23, and you'll go on and you'll be better for it. So, what I say to those players, get your head down, learn your job, play your football, and all that will come. So, before the EP, we'll get some Four, four, three eight three. Three eight three. Getting the money, paying the low money, getting carried kids off. That's the guy. Because all sighted boss fucking. Yeah, I mean that that was terribly disappointed. I know, but it's very difficult. You set rules, but you know I think we need to protect kids as much as possible. But the big clubs are always going to have an advantage. You know. Whether it's in Europe, the biggest clubs always attract the best players because they can they can get around the laws or around the rules, and they're always being attracted to go to those clubs. So, but you know, all we can do is set foundations, and we know we're going to keep enough of the young lads, uh, get our house in order, and you know, before long, you know, Palace will be back in the in the in the big magic circle, as I call it, of the Premier League. For question three, John has asked, who is the most gifted player has ever played with? Oh, that's an easy one. Paul Gasper. Um, on a club level, Ian Wright was sensational. He was just incredible. I mean, um, yeah, wonderful ability. But Gasper was a, was just a genius. He was a, but you know, as for England, he's probably the last player I can remember that we produced who I thought was massively world class. You know, in the in the in the class of as good as you, George Best, and you know. Your Lionel Messi's, your Ronaldo's, you know, really right up there. You know, he had the but flawed, flawed genius. I don't know what it is about us in this um in this wonderful island of Scotland, Wales, <laughs> England, and <laughs> we. I don't know, something to do with the drugs and the drugs or something. I don't know. We, we seem to have a, a self-destructor somewhere. 
But I don't, you know, that's that's what we miss now. I think when I look at the England side, the England centre, I think we don't produce those incredible talented players. And if we do, they self-destruct, you know. And, and it, it's uh, something that we hope will change. Uh, maybe, you know. So. In the fourth question, John is asked if he has any ideas on who he thinks will make it next from the academy. There's a follow-up question stating that the person asking believes Gus Sow will be the next big thing. Yeah, of course you do. Um, there's always one or two that you think have got more ability than exceptional, but it's amazing. It's a mentality. It, you know, those players might get complacent, might lose their way, lose their focus, and you get people come through. I mean, when you're 15, 16, 17... You're learning a lot about yourself and you're growing up, and it's the ones that adapt to the mentality of football intelligence. You know, who can take on what the coach is telling them, go and you know, perform, who can handle the stage. You just don't know. It's, it, it's very difficult, and sometimes you do get surprised. Yeah, Gus has got incredible ability, and he's a lovely lad, great attitude. So, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of a wealth of talent. Yeah, Gus is, Gus, Gus is incredible, and what we're trying to do is. You know, if we've got players, we we play them up. So, I mean, that's a big sign, really. If, if a player's 14 and playing the under 15s, or he's 16, he's playing the under 18, like Gus is, or has been for the last year, then you know that's part of his education. That's part of his football, you know, his learning curve, and see if he can compete. So that by the time he's 17, 18, he will be ready to go into the first team because he's, you know, and he will. He'll, he'll be one of the next ones to come through. But we've got. Five or six. There's a, there's a nice conveyor belt, and I think that the guys that are in charge now with Steve and, and Martin and the boys that are in charge, we're trying to do it, or they're trying to do it with, with the campaign now. I'm born in South London. It's trying to get the local lads inspired to, to, to stay more at the club and get a chance to go and play. But they've got to buy into it. You know, they, that's uh, you know they can't get carried away with it. You know, and that that is the hard bit is keeping their feet on the ground and keeping them focused and working hard. So that, you know, the ultimate goal is just all they dream about when they go to sleep at night is pulling that shirt on, getting out there on the hallowed surf and, you know, playing well. Question five. Jonas asked if he thinks this season is too early for Palace to go up. It's never too early to get up. <laughs> no, it's never too early. I mean, it's, it's just such a big... Uh, it, it's such a big opportunity to go to the Premier League, you know, the kind of money and the, and the kudos. So, and, and with the parachute money, you know, if you go up, even if you go up there, you compete and you come back down, it gives you such a big advantage. Four years now of parachute money, so uh, by hook or by crook, if you can get in there, I think with the structure we've got now, I can understand what you're saying, but it does give you such an advantage to get promoted to your Swansea's, your Norwich, those kind of guys that have gone up. QPRs, you see, you know what's happened there. Um, you know they have a massive advantage, and it's hard to compete up there. But it does give you a big, big lift. You know, just you know, with with, with you know the fans, everyone's lifted. Um, but you know, the, the championship's a really good place to be, and you know we're doing well at the moment. So hopefully, long may that continue, and we can build, and Dougie can bring people through with that slowly, and we'll, we will improve. So if we can try and stay in that sort of top. Six or eight, that'd be good. Because I, I generally thought we would, we would sort of be struggling this year. For the sixth question, John is asked how big a setback his knee injury was. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Pat. No, it was, it was disastrous. Yeah, no, you're right. I was, um, 
I can remember driving here, and I don't know, you might not want to hear this, but no, I was in the England side, we had, I think we had Turkey or someone come up, the Europe, European qualifier, and I had, uh, it was Bari, I had scouts from Bari wanted to take me over to Italy, and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, we'll sit down and talk about that, and, you know, it was all, it was all happening, and it was, it, that was my time. But unfortunately, you know, I came out here, Leeds, on that uh, Tuesday night, and, uh, yeah, it all changed, so, but, you know, that's life, and, and you have to crack on, so, I think you have to play the cards you dealt with, and, uh, no bitterness. <laughs> question seven is a quick follow-up to the previous question on how many caps John believes he should have won for England. Thank you. No, yeah, got five, but yeah, twenty-five or thirty would be nice. Yeah, but it's, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's no rhyme or reason to life, but I think. No, you've got to, you know, I, I'm very lucky. Like it's quarter to poo. It's quarter to poo. It's quarter to eight. Chris Hambling's gone for a poo. You know, the chance I've played till I was 36 and played 600 games. And so you've got to be thankful for everything. I mean, I, I do a lot of charity stuff and see an awful lot of people that uh, have real problems. So uh, I think you've just got to make the most of it and, and try and be happy and be the best person you can be in life. So... The next question, expertly asked by a handsome young man, is about whether John was, John was, John was, John was, John wants to be a manager. The reference to him singing relates to him performing his section from Glad All Over prior to the recording. Yeah, I, I think, Dan, I'd love to manage. I'd like to uh, have a go. We all think, you know, we've got ideas and we can throw them out there and see what happens. I love coaching and, um, you know, until you sit in that chair, um, you never know how you're going to react or how good you're going to be. You need a bit of blood, but yeah, um, you know, I've done my badges and sort of involved in the UT. You never know. Someone might offer me a job one day, but you know, I enjoy what I do with Sky, involved in business. So I'm, you know, there's a learning curve there of seeing that the big picture of understanding how clubs work, how business works, um, not understand how coaching. So if there's ever an opportunity. Have you, uh, have you applied for bits and pieces yet? Sort of sensibly put myself yeah. forward for a few jobs, but um, not that many, but you've got to be careful. I think Sky, really good company to work for, they're quite loyal, so in a way, you know, I'm part of a, a group that, you know, that, that, that's sort of their mainstay, if you know what I mean, so, and then they bring other people in, but I think if they know that you're touting for jobs, then obviously they're, they're, it's not going to look good, and, you know, it's a different conversation, so, I mean, the way I looked at it, is it came out of those six, it's a nice, steady job, gives me a platform, gives me a profile, keeps me involved with football, I can do my coaching with the academy, but, you know, hopefully one of these days, maybe some rich chairman will come and give me a ridiculously nice contract, and I'll go, yeah, I can't resist that. Well, right, excellent. Sorry? Job. <laughs> that is the plan. <laughs> I did, funny enough, I had a conversation with Neil Warnock when he was coming here, and I, I, I said to Neil, um, you know, obviously I'd like to get involved and, and do, so if you need coaches, you need people to come in with you, but I never got a phone call. Mm. And, uh, you know, when Steve Popple came to Reading, um, I had a chat with him about taking a coaching role, playing coaching role there, but again, that, that didn't happen. He had his own ideas and whatever. So, 
it's a bit of luck or, you know, it's a bit someone giving you a chance, so... Mm. That's it. No, I'm just for Steve Coppel and, and for Neil Warnock. Yeah. <laughs> All the ones that could have given me a job and didn't. The last question, asked by Whole Radio's Mark Ross, was whether Nathaniel Klein would be better, in John's opinion, remaining at Palace or moving on. Trivia fans might like to know that Mark took over a minute to ask his question, far longer than any other person. Yeah, I mean, Nathaniel's a classic. You know, he, he took the spice storm, incredible ability, you know, quick, strong, breathes the game. You know, absolutely love him. But, you know, again, you get things in your head and, and you... He was going to move to Wolves and that fell through and he sort of got it in his head that, you know, he's not sure whether he wants to go away or stay here. And obviously, you want to be successful, but you've, you've got to take your time and get the right opportunities to go. And, you know, Nathaniel's a classic. He will go on to play either with us in the Premier League or, or with someone else. So, he's played like 100... 120 games now, so he's sort of in that position where he's sort of learned his job, but he's lost his way a little bit because he, he's lost a bit of form and disciplinary problems. And, and it's easy to get like that as a player, you know, you, you want to move on to bigger and better things, and he, you know, you are impatient when you're young. And that's the problem with it, you know, when you're kids, you, you don't know, you know, you are impatient, you do make the wrong decisions, you are impetuous, and you know, you see the bright lights and you, you want a taste of it. So, He's in a hard place. I mean, he's a really nice lad. Uh, but again, you, you try and advise him just to, you know, concentrate on your football. All that stuff will come for the value of, you know, be listened. Will it come apparently? Well, hopefully, you know, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years he could be playing in the Premier League with Palace. But um, more than likely, we will see Nathaniel playing elsewhere. But, you know, he's a future England right back, as far as I'm concerned. He's got all the attributes to to play, but if you don't mix the mental side of it with the ability, then you will easily lose your way. So, you know, but he wants the opportunity to play at the highest level, which I can understand, but hopefully that will be with, with, with us. Right, all of
sort of like wherever Rob is I'm the big disgrace but he's not made up for me basically that's why he's staying gold isn't it he's staying gold 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 he's staying
Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> really. You know, if, if, I, if I can sort of lay down and stop a few, I'm fine. Top goalie! Top goalie! Top goalie! Top goalie! My biggest claim to fame so far is scoring two past him two weeks ago. So. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he loved every minute. <laughs> but that's exactly what this sort of thing's all about. It's such fantastic stuff. Mark! Alright, Paul, Paul, I just wanted to know. Peter, 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 You're basically saying you wouldn't have done it. No, 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 that's not true. Um, <laughs> uh, really, if, if, if I'd known that, that Group 3 would have gone, I would have gone with that. It was happening in 10 weeks. I'd signed up for two. I knew I was going on holiday, so it was a no-brainer. I was going to lose. I, I said to him, when you fall, if it's still going, get on it. He did, and I think he's going to wear the shirt for the... Um, Lost most lost weight. Hey. Is that Rob, can you confirm it? No. Where are you? <laughs> well, he's in there without that. So what was the inspiration behind it? He's still a fat part. Me! <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, the was... More lava. <laughs> I've been thinking through the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this the old Social. Well, you heard it hundred club, well it was like hundred a week. I took a ball everything that has been said over the ten weeks. I, I, I will continue to take on board whatever, you know, what we've learned. At the same time, I've, I've, you know, I've learned to be sensible and have a good time at the same time and support Palace. Over the ten weeks I've had a beer every Palace game, I've only missed three or four Palace games this whole season, so and I've had a good time at Easter game, but I'm sure we all have. Um but if there is going to be a group five, I just encourage anyone out there just 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 to sign up because you, you meet a great group of fans. You get trained by a group of great, great trainers. Well, for my group, I don't know what the trainers you have from other groups, but just, just, it's, it's just supporting this, just keep it going. It's pretty. You know, it costs 10 grand, I think we got, we got given to, to do one group. I'm not going to get four out of that. So, if anyone's out there, please come and Cumulative total I saw posted online was something like 67 strokes we lost, which is coincidentally is what I put on this season. Um, so hopefully they greatly know the, um, the age limit because they're not quite there yet. But um, I think, guys, I'll leave you with sort of a, you've given us a message that, you know, if, if it, it carries on, and hopefully it will carry on, that, that people should sign up. Um, if you've got one sort of moment that stands out for you, Would you like to uh, explain? <laughs>
It's a friendly guy. Don't tell him that. He's still trying to earn it. Any defence? No, no. I say sorry at the end. I mean, when that adrenaline kicks in, sometimes in a bit, Mr. Sense, sometimes you don't know where you are, is that right? I'm not exactly where I am. That's me. No, sorry. I got there as quick as I could. You'll describe the incident for us. I can't remember. It's got all the chance of hope. You poor man. Okay, well guys, look, thank you very, very it's much. Where you get slated in the hole? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, all the stuff you do, it's where you get slated. Yeah, but the you for punchline is what some is people have got work in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thanks guys, Torchers. Um, why do you want to share any uh, particular highlights? Yeah, come on. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, right, oh, oh, I'm too proud to say anything. I'm too proud to say anything. I only came here for a pint. You've just got to make sure he's on your side. Okay, that's great. Guys, you can take a seat. Thanks very much. Thanks for watching. Welcome to Homesdale Radio, everyone. Uh, my name's John Burgess. I'll be taking you through the hopefully the next hour, and I'm joined today by Mark. Hello, Mark. Evening, John. How are you? Oh, yeah. You must be very far away, mate. There was quite a time delay there. <laughs> I'm good, yeah. And uh, how's things with you? Well, you know, come see, come saw. Mm, disappointing result. It wasn't great. It, it wasn't great. I'm, I've got to say, I was a little bit not not surprised, but yeah, as you say, disappointed. But we're going to come to that. We're going to come to that very shortly. And yeah. I'm also joined by Albert. Hello, Albert. All, all right, John. How you doing? A little bit confused as to what Comsi Comsar means, but apart from that, all good. Oh, don't worry. It's, it's probably gone way way above your head. Um, well, today we're going to have um, have a poll. So, if you want to, you know, there's no, there's nothing up for grabs. But we want, just want to know what to you is more important: the United game or the Millwall game? Which one would you rather win if we had to win just one of them? So, no smart answers saying I'll win both because that's what I normally say. Um, and you can email those into radio at homesdale.net. And also, you can contact us. Give us a call on 0208 123 1646, and that'll be charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle. Uh, you can also chat to us, or go into the chat room rather, which is wholeradio.net forward slash chat. You can tweet us at twitter.com forward slash wholeradio, start your message with at wholeradio, and you can go onto our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash wholeradio. Well, there's the formalities out of the way, gents. Any 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 thoughts on, on the, the last two weeks of, I don't know, football, a footballing abyss that we've had? 
Don't all jump at once. It's exactly that, an I abyss, isn't it? Is I'll tell you what, this season we seem to have had more Stop international start. breaks than Stop anything start, else. It has been, I mean, how can you really put together a decent sort of run um, when it's, as you say, stopping and starting like this? I mean, it just seems it seems ridiculous. And the last one was pretty much for friendlies, internationally for friendlies. Mm, I, I, blame, I, I blame our, our goal-scoring sequence on internationals. <laughs> what do you mean? Even, even though La- it spans La- the international La- break. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I blame. Got to find some excuse for it. Set Blatter, it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, he, he, fell, he fell off the stage this week, didn't he? Um, and, <laughs> Did he? Didn't, um, <laughs> it was brilliant. If you haven't seen it, it's probably going to be on Soccer AM's best bits. Bit of a plug for Soccer AM there. But that's how I came to find this particular clip. And it's genius. He's just going along, shaking hands. And bang, he's fallen. He's gone. Shaking hands? Like, Has he just racially abused someone? <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't look like it was at the end of the game. So, um, maybe not. Um, but yeah, set of It looked like someone had finally sort of just taken everyone's emotion and general consensus and finally pulled the trap door on him. But no, back he came like some kind of boomerang-esque set blatter and he he's still there. Like some morbid... But he didn't break the stage then. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know what happened to him. He was just walking along and he's gone. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so if you have any thoughts about set blatter that I can actually read out on air, you can email those to us as well, radio at homesdale.net because, you know, well, no one really likes set blatter apart from set blatter. And even then, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's that convinced sometimes. But, um, yeah, so anyway, today, lads, we had an exciting... 3-0 loss against Leicester how poor how poor was that Mark uh, well as we alluded to earlier it was, it was disappointing it was uh, I think it was the scoreline really didn't do justice to the game and uh, I think we were in it for most of the game and uh, basically beaten by two potential goals of the season I think yeah I mean I've got to say I just watched those goals and they were very very good and as soon as I knew Paul Gallagher was in in the starting lineup for Leicester I knew he was going to score because I'm sure it was him he, I'm sure he was on loan at Bristol City wasn't it, when we played them and he he always scores he seems to score against us and he's so infuriating Paul Gallagher I think mm. we tried to sign him once not because we wanted him in the team, just to get him to stop scoring against us. But, um, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, we got a quick montage of the uh, of the said 3-0 defeat. So, if Mikey, you uh, you wouldn't mind running that for us? The Crystal Palace, one change uh, from the defeat at Cardiff a fortnight ago. Jonathan Parr comes in on the left-hand side of midfield uh, as uh, part of a midfield five. Julian Speroni in goal. Uh, a back four of Nathaniel Klein, uh, Anthony Gardner, Paddy McCarthy uh, and Dean Moxie. Uh, in midfield, Wilfred Zahar, David Wright 
Kagisho, Dickachoy and Mile Jedinak with Parr on the left-hand side uh, and Glenn Murray uh, as the lone striker. Uh, Kasper Schmeichel's in goal for Leicester City. Uh, a back four of Lee Peltier, Matt Mills, Sean St. Ledger and Paul Koncheski. Uh, the midfield four is Paul Gallagher, Andy King, Richie Wellens and Lloyd Dyer with David Nugent and Jermaine Beckford uh, up front. On the bench for Palace, Darren Ambrose, Sean Scannell, Jermaine Easter, Lewis Price and Chris Martin just signed on loan uh, from Norwich City. Uh, and for Leicester, Steve Howard, Chris Wheel, Yuki Abe, Neil Downs, the former Palace player, of course, and Jeff and here's Zahar trying to skip away from his man 30 yards from goal goes sideways offloads to Moxie now who tries to clip this forward Zahar's inside the box now quite wide uh, tries to get away from two defenders does get away from two defenders and the cross doesn't find a yellow shirt it away of Palace and Leicester have it down the left-hand side. This is Koncheski herring over the halfway line. He's run a very long way and he's offloaded to the edge of the box. He's played Beckford, who's onside! And he's drilled it into the net for the opening goal for Leicester City. Crystal Palace gave it away on halfway and have been punished. The most insightful and concise move of the game by Leicester City and it's a crisp finish by Jermaine Beckford into the bottom corner of the net. Seven minutes played, second half. Here is Dean Moxie coming forward. What have Palace got in the tank? Uh, this is Parr on the flank. Uh, back it goes now to... Oh, Jedinak, and he's given it away. And Beckford's herring between two defenders. And there's a chance for a second here. Jermaine Beckford has put this straight at Spironi. Goodness gracious. Uh, again, Palace giving it away on halfway. Jedinak this time the culprit. And Beckford suddenly tore towards goal. The finish was dreadful. Chris Martin comes on, the man on loan uh, from Norwich. He uh, is 23 years of age. He was in the Norwich first team in the early part of the season, but he's not played since losing 2-0 uh, against Manchester United on the 1st of October. So he hasn't had a lot of football recently, uh, but he's uh, charging forward now as Zahar's going to try and feed uh, an opportunity here for Murray, who's bustled past Jordan. Oh, the shot from, is wide from Martin, who could have scored with his first touch in a Crystal Palace shirt. Wide to the right-hand side, this is Nathaniel Klein, in comes a cross, Martin! Oh, and it's been saved on the line! Incredible! Chris Martin had another chance to open his account, and he sent a flying header that's somehow been kept out by Kasper Michael. Here come Leicester again, he's angled this ball forward, and again, he's not been closed down! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! Koncheski down that left-hand side, just Beckford in the box, this comes in looking for Beckford, it's going to bounce awkwardly, nearly finds Dyer, here's another shot from, oh another amazing goal, they are just being fired in from everywhere, Gallagher's got his second, it's another amazing hit from 25 yards, on the volley, it roars past Julian Spironi, who had absolutely no chance, it's Leicester City 3, Crystal Palace now. Palace will head down the M1 after a rather fruitless afternoon uh, here at the
King Power Stadium. They've been beaten comprehensively in the end by three goals to nil. The first hour or so of the contest really wasn't like that at all, though. Uh, they certainly matched Leicester, and having gone 1-0 down, had two great chances to equalise. Both of them spurned by Chris Martin, the man signed on loan from Norwich last week. Uh, the second one in particular, a diving header that really should have gone in, uh, but it didn't in the end. Nigel Pearson gets off to a winning start as Leicester manager. And Crystal Palace have now gone 395 minutes of league football uh, without scoring a goal. Well, that didn't make for great listening, did it? Um, yeah, as I say, 3-0 we lost. Um, the commentary seemed to say we were a bit hard done by, but we're going to go into that in just a moment. Hopefully we'll be joined soon by Chris Hambling, who will give us a call. If he doesn't, then I'm afraid you're left with just us. Um, Mark, what did you think of the, the, the team lineup to start with? The start at the bottom and work our way up to the top end of the game. Um, well, it was pretty much what I expected, to be honest. Um, but it's kind of been tried and tested and, and it's failed in recent weeks. But, you know, playing three defensive midfield players and then bringing in Parr, who is, I suppose a fullback uh stroke midfield player is um I don't know, it, it, it just it smelt really of we're gonna sit back and try and hold out and maybe get a goal on the break kind of thing and that's how I sort of felt we played and we we did hold out for fifty fifty five minutes or so. But it was inevitable I think that, you know, the Leicester were gonna get a goal at some stage and uh I thought our response once they got got a goal was really good but um, obviously you know the, the first goal was a critical goal and uh, you know the, the team that were going to score first obviously today looked like the team that were going to win the match uh, oh it was, Chris it Hambling was, uh, hello you joined us just as John has dropped that's very handy alright oh, Andy that's typical of John I've always thought that about him he's a dropper you alright Chris oh so, are we talking about Leicester, are we? If you want, Hello. Really. <laughs> Unless you've done anything else today. Um, well, you know, I've had more fun not at the game, to be fair. Uh, I'll tell <laughs> you guys, obviously a disappointing result today, but the, the, the main thing is it was a really, really disappointing performance. I think we, I think we could all really feel a bit let down about today. Um, give it a bit of context, the, the two goals from Gallagher were something special. Um, but we were lucky to go in nil-nil halftime. We had we had some good spells, <laughs> but but really we, we were outclassed. Um, I, you know, for, for, for the second goal, uh, like the first goal maybe maybe offside, but the second goal it was. I mean, you can't leave a player like that, especially with Gallagher's record against Palace. You can't leave a player like that with no one around him for twenty yards from a set piece, uh, and that, that was kind of. Um, Sort of indicative of the whole day, really. Uh, defensively, we were just just slack, just not other races, and it, and it sort of started in central midfield. Um, you know, and I think both Wright and and Jedinak had poor games, and I think that caused us to have a poor poor performance, really. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Chris, do you think? I mean, when I saw the team sheet, I thought it was, I was very uninspired, to be honest. Did you feel yeah, the same well, way? Do you think it was 
Yeah, we were all talking about it before the game, really, and uh, you kind of you know how Dougie's going to set up now. We've, we've become a bit predictable to our own fans. You know, that works in some games, but against a team a team like Leicester, where if you give them enough of the ball and let them have confidence, that you know, they're going to take you apart, and they did that to us today. And, you know, it's people, it's really obvious now. To stop us playing, you cut off the supply to Zaha, and, and we struggle. Uh, and yes, yeah, certainly it was, it, it was a defensive setup, uh, as you'd expect. And it's hard to criticise because we've had we've had a good run like that. But I think the time has come for a change. Um, we, I have to say, we looked for a spell when we went four four two with Martin up front, uh, who had two really clear chances um, straight after he came on for us to equalise. Uh, I think I think at that point we looked such a much better team, and it was just a sucker punch to concede the goal from Gallagher just from a bit of slack play. Uh, defensively, so you know it could it could have been a very different story had Martin scored one of those, and and we we could be talking about a, a draw or a win and, and being quite happy. But I, th- I think we've got we, everyone's got a right to be disappointed that we're we're going away and you know we're not being ambitious. Uh, you know I don't like to criticise Dougie because he's done a fantastic job, and we've got to look at where we are. And if you look at the start of the season, like one of our shows pre-season, we talked to. Um, to, to a Leicester fan on, and talked about them buying the championship and we're expecting them to be at the top of the league and you know a 3-0 defeat away to Leicester was kind of something we might have expected at the start of the season and you know you should, you should never really want your team to lose but we should have certainly have expected a bit of a, a bit of a spanking pre-season but we, our expectations have raised Yeah that's a fair point I just thought that I mean you know we've, we've suffered a few times this season with the team having a new manager and catching us sort of on the back foot I just thought that you know they're all going to be all, whoever got selected today for Leicester was going to be out to try and impress the new man and I just think, yeah, but- I thought us sitting back and defending you're just encouraging them to you know bombard you a bit more you want to sort of go at them a bit whilst they're still a bit you know fragile I mean I don't know if, if that's how we set up but looking at the you know the team sheet when it came out that's what sort of jumped off at me yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. The one thing you don't do with a team that's just changed managers is a bit of pressure. And, you know, we, I say, certainly first half, we showed enough on a couple of occasions that, that they, they, you know, when we put a bit of pressure on them, they, they looked like they might crumble at one stage. They, they really did. And, and their fans were quite quiet in the first half and other than the guy with the drum. Um, yeah, I know what it's like to be on the other side of that now. I feel quite sorry for the teams that come to sell us. But, um, I, yeah, I just think... I think we're right in that we sent the wrong signal out to Leicester. We, we sort of basically said to them, you know, if you want, you want to come and get three points, it's here for the taking. So, uh, and they were they were wasteful in front of goal. I mean, I was I'm half, I was joking, but I was sort of half serious when I said, it, you know, it could have been about they could have scored easily scored five that first half, and we could have scored two, and we you know could have gone in the break break at five two, and no one really give Dougie a chance to reorganise but we came out the same and you've got to feel sorry for Glenn Murray I know we, we talked about Glenn quite a lot at the, at the start of the season when he, when, you know, when he sort of hit a bit of form and scoring a few goals and you know his performance in the cup against Wigan was, was one of the, the best performances from the striker that I've seen but you know he's, he's too isolated now and we're, we're too quickly resorting to the long ball and I mean that happened a lot today Spironi was excellent today uh, by the way probably clearly our man of the match uh, made, made a lot of fantastic saves but his distribution was poor and it was too often a, you know, a lump up to Murray and you know we're not, we're not going to win any games like that I don't think I think we'd be very very lucky to do, to do anything if, we, if we're going to play a long ball game because we don't have the personnel to suit that anymore Chris. Oh, that's smart. Chris. Hi, Mark. All right, Chris. Uh, Jedinak, a uh, poor game today? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, he well, played offset pieces. Yeah, Sorry, that was, I was going to come to. He played two two old games for Australia during the week, plus all mm. his fly. But should he have started? And then I was going to go on and say, um, I think we had about seven or eight corners, but yeah. I don't think ball got past the first man. What? It's just without without Ambrose on the pitch, set mm. pieces effectively are just are going nowhere. Yeah, um, I mean, you made, yeah, there's two, two very good points there. I hadn't actually considered the, uh, the, the fact he'd been away with Australia, and that, that is probably, it's probably fair to say that affected him. And, and I, would, I would say you're right, Mark, I don't think he should have started, but I don't think he should have started for a number of reasons. And I just think he, you know, he's had some good games for us recently, but, uh, but certainly that looked like a game too much for him. Um, and I, you know, we've had some, some in, well, an injury to, to John Williams, as we're aware, and, and he would, you know, the game today would have suited him pretty well. Um, but I'm not even sure he would have played. So I don't, I don't know. Jed, Jed and that really did struggle, um, and Wright, Wright's distribution was was actually better than Jed and that's, um, and you don't expect that from David Wright. Uh, and then, and obviously, yeah, the set piece issue that we did have a lot of corners. Um, I don't really. I think one beat the first man, and I know we've had that problem in the past with corner takers. But we're we're talking a couple of them hit the first man who was standing ten yards away. Um, no trajectory, no danger. It, it was, you, you know, you're kind of looking for your manager to think, "Hold on a second, Jednak's having an absolute nightmare here. Take him off the corners." Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And give someone else a go because, it, you know, it was it was pretty horrific. And uh, we, we were sort of talking about it at half time, actually. Um, we were saying that, you know, if we were, if we could make more of our corners, we'd, we'd actually be a really dangerous side to play against away, you, because you know you, you you'd have some sort of fear that that we would actually convert these chances. But you know, they, the our opposition can just give away a corner any time they like, and pretty much know we're going to do nothing with it. Um, you know, it's it's a real disappointment at the moment, uh, and certainly Jed and that was a big part of that. The other thing and, is, uh, Chris, we, we we do seem to we do seem to create a lot of like corner opportunities as it were but with mm. people like Zahar and Scannell they regularly win corners for us yes, and I, th- I think that that's a, that, that, as I say it's a real key area that we need to work on yeah I mean I mean certainly you look at someone like Wilf um, you know when, when he's getting the ball he, you know he tends to probably take take one turn too many at times but and that usually does result in a deflected cross going behind for a corner and it is certainly something that I mean, if if we can see that, you know, we can see where our, our strengths and weaknesses are, and, and I'm sure Dougie knows it as well. It's, I'm sure it's not something that you know he's ignoring, but but it just seems it just seems odd that we're in this situation. Well, I, I, I don't know. Can anyone recall when the last time we scored from the corner was? It, Norwich it, last year, everyone. 
Yeah, well, I think we've had. <laughs> it feels like it. We've had a goal from a, a free kick in a in a sort of corner area. What's that? Ipswich. I don't know if Paddy who scored it anyway. Sort of back post. Oh, hang on, I've got to get back on the minibus. Uh, if you hear sort of noise and swearing, I apologise, but you know it should be okay. Um, <coughs> the team bus there with me. It's not the team bus, no, sadly. What did you think of uh, Martin's debut today? Um, he, he looks. He looks like uh, he ma- he's making some very intelligent runs, um, and, and he was bound twice. But he obviously he's he's not played much with the team. Can you hear Spandau Ballet? I apologise if you can. Um, <laughs> excuse me. He, you know, he's he he looks a threat. He looks a cold threat. He, he, you know, he was making the right movements. But when we conceded the second goal, he had to drop deep and try and try and get involved in the midfield. Unfortunately, and it was, um, yeah, you know, that uh, that was pretty. Yeah. That, Doogie's that was kind of disappointing not to see more of him like that. But. Yeah, well, Doogie was quite buoyant in the post-match conference about about Chris Martin, and he felt that that Martin and Murray sort of uh, worked well as a partnership. And um, obviously, Murray's been a lone striker for most of the season. So, mm. although although obviously we lost, and he, he was disappointed. Yeah. In in losing, yeah, he's, he he does try and look on the upside of things, and uh, and th- that's the thing that sort of uh, came out mostly. That I think he felt that he'd found a, a partner for for Glenn Murray. Glenn. Yeah, I, I you know I don't necessarily disagree, and like I said, I I think they worked well together and, until Martin was forced to drop back when, when. But I think that's the worry, isn't it? We talk about this this desire that we all have. Get, oh my God! I need to get out of my seat. Excuse me. <laughs> so we had the desire that we've got to get to get two up front, and it's something I'm very much behind. But I, I don't think we can do it in a regulation for for two in in the way that we are, with the personnel that we're playing. Because as soon as we did it, although we looked much better attacking force, we looked like we looked like a, a Sunday League team with our defending. It's almost like we need. I mean, you've got, basically, when you've got Chidanak and Wright both sitting just in front of the defence, there's just a gaping hole in the middle of the pitch in a 4 4 I don't know what the answer is. Uh, any guys, have you got any ideas what the answer might be? Who would you play in the centre? Owen Garvin. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Owen Garvin. What but is the situation think, with him? Well, as, as far as I know with Garvin, he's trying to get some, some match fitness after that injury. Because, uh, I mean, he sort of came back and then, then sort of went again. I think it was a hip injury. Um, and I sort of worry about that because I don't remember a couple of years back when Danny Butterfield was out for a couple of weeks with a hip injury and he went on for five months. Um, you know, you sort, of, you sort of do wonder what might happen. But but certainly, I agree with Mark, he's, he's the one that might make a difference in there. But then, is, is he suitable to play in a, a two in a central midfield? Is he quick enough, you know? I, I'm not sure. That's where he seemed to struggle under Burley, so... It, it's a really, really difficult situation. We, at the he moment, did have Andy Dorman next to him, though. Sorry, mate, I couldn't hear that saying. <laughs> he, he, he did have Andy Dorman next to him, though. Yeah, you sort of cut it out. He did. What about Ambrose? Do you reckon Ambrose uh, come back in? Do you know what? Um, I, I would have Darren Ambrose in there purely for set pieces alone. And I, I know that seems a bit stupid in, in many ways, but it's kind. Of, it's not that he does nothing. He's very much an attacking force. And when we're playing with... Well, we had Johnny Parr kind of wide left about it, uh, with Moxie in behind him, and I thought that would work better. But what's becoming apparent with Parr, where he's, where he's an excellent player with a lot of energy, he can't go past the, he can't go, he's got no, nothing to go past the player if they defend, you know, 
sort of, sort of facing him, you know. Right? If, they, if they show him a way to go, he's fine. He can use his pace and his, his strength to run past someone. But if they sort of stand facing he's got no um, sort of no dribbling skills to get around a player, uh, and he has to pass sideways or back. And I think that left hand side today, Darren Ambrose would have, would have been good, you know, sitting out there. And, and, and Mitch Gannel came on late on. And I think it's good to try and bring some pace on, but I think that's the wrong choice. I think, I think Ambrose would have done it because... All we were getting is, all game. Get, yeah, but all all that's happening is you're getting uh our you know, our players winning us free kicks and corners and so forth for you mm. know such as Zaha and Scannell and, and, and Murray and uh and then there's no delivery, so there's no end product and without and Ambrose is the only person yeah. on the team, so they might as well play eleven behind the ball instead of nine at the moment because we're never gonna yeah. score unless someone can deliver a decent ball in. It's, you're bang on, and that's, I think that's exactly where we need to go for the moment. And I know, he, you know, obviously he had his great season. He's not been brilliant since. And, and for a lot of people, a lot of people would like to see the back of Ambrose in some way. I know from, from, from comments that I've heard, but I just think it's perhaps time to to accept that maybe we need to look at a system that, that better accommodates it, that plays to his strengths, and accept that he's not going to get back in defence. I so give him that freedom. Uh, a little bit like how we were using how we used Johnny Williams against. Uh, Brighton, uh, that, that you know that worked that well because they, they didn't know much about John Williams. To be fair to him, but he, you know he was given uh, enough freedom to sort of get round the pitch and, and sort of get into areas where it can hurt. And you can do that with someone like Ambrose. If you say you know if you say to him, look, you know if you can get back and defend, great. But, but it's not your priority. Your priority is to give yourself space. Uh, you know, he, if the one thing he's still good at it. He just does not get the bottle away. He, do, he doesn't make a stupid pass. You know, he might make. You know, he might take a high-risk long pass or something like that, like a long diagonal pass, and it get cuts out. But in short, sort of link play, Darren Ambrose doesn't give the ball away, uh, and yeah. that's. I mean, someone said today as well, which which I quite agreed with that. Um, that's what we were missing. Someone like Paul Gallagher. Now, I, I've made the point that Paul Gallagher only ever does that against Palace, anyway. But but yeah. is someone who's just going to sit in a in a gap in a hole and you know. Where, where no one's picking him up and just hit, just hit a shot, you know, from, from distance. Um, and so, yeah, and we well, just got, we haven't got that threat since Ambrose has been out of the team. So, Chris, looking looking ahead after today, it's going to be mm. a test of character, isn't it, against Millwall on a poor run, yeah. no goals, relatively young mm. team, punching above our weight. How would you set up for Millwall? Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of think I don't. I don't have any fear that we're going to see we're going to see us collapse against Millwall. I think the thing that I, I sort of trust with Dougie is that he, under, he, he understands this the football club and he understands what that game means, and he will have absolutely no problem getting the team focused and up for that. But I do feel feel goals will be a problem. Um, you know, it, it's the home game, so we've got to look to attack and we've got to look to go on the front foot and I think that's the it shows how big a thing confidence is because the, the lads are taking a knock to their confidence and and it's it's but you're just seeing that, that you know passes that we're finding a target are going astray and you're that, that's what we've got to address and I think the only way to sort of get ourselves out of you know potentially a, a dangerous slump like our South Coast rivals have seen um, the only way to argue that we've got more worried than we were Guys, anyone got anything they want to ask Chris? I think Chris has covered most things. Thanks very much, Chris, for, for calling into the show. And, no worries, boys. Um, can I, before I go, 
Before I go, can I just um, say a big thank you to Jerry, who I uh, met in the stand at Leicester, who's given us a nice thank you card and uh, made a slight a donation that will hopefully cover some of the ticket costs for the Eagles fit and bands. Um, it's really nice of him to do that. And, you know, obviously we love Jerry. He's a, he's a great listener to the show. Uh, he's always happy to contribute. And I think he sent an email in. So I just want to say a big thank you to Jerry for that and, uh, you know, hopefully well, catch Jerry. up with him soon. All right, good Wonderful stuff. stuff. Okay. Thanks very much. Enjoy your trip home. Nice one. Cheers. See you later, boys. See you the weekend. See you, Chris. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Love you. <laughs> well, that was, very, that was very noisy, wasn't it? <laughs> Goodness me. I think He's on the party there. bus. I, th- I, think he might, I think he may well be. Or some other kind of... He's on the Wenger bus. Hmm. <laughs> I think he saw the game awesome a little bit different for everyone else, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, th- uh, I think they were being kind to us on the radio, and I think uh, it was a bit more honest from uh, from Chris. And I th- maybe we didn't play as well as as the radio broadcasters made us out. You know, yeah, certainly the ra- the radio broadcast. I agree with you, Mark. That it was um, it, it did paint us in a very positive light. And you know, whilst maybe three nil was slightly flattering on them because they scored two world class goals through Paul Gallagher, and they were they were top draw goals. But and to be fair, the other one was offside. But I think that that first goal, I think James Scowcroft alluded to it that it was going to be um, it was going to be a key was going to be the first goal, and mm. we that really knocked the stuffing out of us. To be honest, I think we came came back with the last hurrah, but it wasn't enough. We didn't have the we weren't clinical enough to finish it off. And I think that's yeah. that, that's been the story of our season really at times <clears throat> that we well, create you, so many you. chances and we just don't take them. Yeah, well, what a has um, been on my mind was that we start so defensively uh, which is sort of quite a negative thing obviously to do they came out of the traps quite quickly didn't they obviously they got a new manager they want to impress and so forth but I saw some stat today and it says in our our last 11 games we failed to score in the first half of 10 of them and 9 of them have been nil-nil at half time it's just it's a shocking stat isn't it it is. I think we've relied quite heavily on um, people like Sahar and Williams and that to come off the bench and really sort of give us that impact sub that we we've been looking for. I think we've been starting Zahar now through necessity, um, partly and partly because you can't you can't really leave him out. He's done enough to the manager to justify his place in the starting lineup. Um, but I think we're leaving too much to him. I, th- I think we're not giving him the support until it's absolutely necessary in the second half. And as you say, the reason for that is because we're playing quite defensively in midfield, whether it be at home or away. And uh, I think, yeah, that's that, That's a real problem for us. I mean, have you got any thoughts on that, Albert? I was going to say, what would what do you guys what would you guys say to Zah- giving Zaha a go at the top of the pitch while they're out wide? I would like to see it. I think the kind of player he is. He's got the tricks to earn himself a yard of space. And this season, we've seen that he can score goals. Whereas, in, you know, previously, since he started in, in what, 2010, I think he made his debut for, for the first team, he, he didn't have that clinical finish on him. And Dougie alluded to it earlier in the season that he still didn't think that Zahar was a natural goal scorer. But I think, I mean, far be it from me, but in my opinion, I would differ in opinion to Dougie on that I think he looks like he's got a real sort of poacher's instinct I think he reads the game quite naturally and he's better when he doesn't have a lot of time to think about what he's doing just just go for it so earning that yard of space with the skill and then being able to take the shot is what we're lacking we don't have people who can do that right now 
he, he likes taking a pop from range, doesn't he? Which you know, which aren't always great. You know, because I can maybe Hello? see why Freeman might say that. Hello. Hello. A caller. Hello. Who have Matt we on Packham the line? Ah, oh, Matthew Packham. John Burgess. Oh. How are you, my fellow friend? I'm all right. I'm not your friend. But I'm all right. Yeah. No. Just one quick question for the boys on the show. I was just wondering if you smoked or not. <laughs> I think I can speak on behalf of all of us when I say that nobody smokes. Smoking is a terrible thing, and nobody does. So I'm thank asthmatic. you, Matthew. A member on our minibus has been sick, but we're to announce the name. Okay. Thank thanks, Matt. That's, um, thanks for the fluid. Yeah. No. Uh, just one quick question on the palace. Um, well, well, um, yeah. Can I, uh, no, we just need an update on uh, where we are in the league because uh, we didn't know at the moment. Ninth. Ninth. Oh, we're ninth. One place on goal difference. Leicester. Okay, st still, still better than Doncaster Rovers then. Still better than Doncaster Rovers. Millwall. All right, good show, boys. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Unbelievable. That was a, that <laughs> Radio was Gold. And interesting. <laughs> And not at all uncomfortable. Put that, put, put that in the uh, best bits, end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to put that in. Uh, On a loop. No, I think we're going to put that in his appraisal at the end of the season. Thanks for that, <laughs> I don't hate you. On the, the booze bus. In the booze bus. <laughs> in the booze bus. Anyway, getting back to you know what we were talking about was um, was Wilfred Zaha and whether he should be playing up front. And uh, Mark, did you have any thoughts on that? I've given my my opinion um, on. Yeah, he does have a, an attacking instinct, and I does, do think he has an eye for goal. I'm not sure if he's quite ready for a striker's role. Would you, would you play him like alongside somebody? Talking about playing behind a, a, um, like Murray or alongside Murray as a, a two partnership? I'd like or? to see him very as close as he could be to Murray, really, because I mean the problem with it's I'm sort of getting a clouded eye and th thinking I've got a problem with Murray and it's not Murray wins a lot of headers and a lot of flick-ons but there's no to, one there to pick him up on the end yeah. of them so he looks very yeah. isolated I think if if Zaha could get on the end of them he's got the first touch and the instinct to you know get on the end of those flick-ons quickly you know nudge it past you know the, the last defender and just bear down on goal and you know even if he like I say even if he only scores one out of five Murray wins enough flick-ons I think yeah. to, for that to be worth trying out. Do you not, do you not think that that's a better role for Scannell or or not? Is it just sort of, you know? I just think uh, Zaha's so, so explosive, and you know he he gets put out on the wing. I mean he's effective out there, but as we saw against Reading and especially Portsmouth, out on the wing they put two men on him. You know he he just gets boxed in. You know he's got nowhere to go. Whereas you know yeah. with with in the centre of the pitch with the whole you know with the goal in, in the sort of centre of his vision he's got you know he can go left and right and he doesn't have to always go down the byline and you know get wiped out which is more often not the case I'll take, I'll take that a step further right the, if, people are saying that Glenn Murray's getting not getting any support he's getting left isolated which is I think is fair enough I think that's a lot of, to do with the way we set up particularly away from home I think at home he gets a lot more support going forward do you think there's a case maybe away from home considering basically we play on the break to play Scannell and Zahar up front because they've both got the pace to do it I don't think Murray's got the pace to get to get in and bomb from halfway and keep up with Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, well, we've got the players to play out on the ground to them, though, because they're not going to win anything in the air, you know? So it's kind of 
You know, we haven't got enough oh, no. creativity in midfield. You know, they're great running at fullbacks, especially tired fullbacks towards the last quarter of the game. But without a target man, I don't think it'll work personally. Hmm, interesting. What about Easter? Easter? Easter's surprisingly good in the air. He's got I good think. feet as well, Easter. And he has I mean, got good feet. Yeah, but uh, he just seems to be out of favour with Doogie at the moment for whatever reason. I've, I've, yeah, I've, 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 I kind of agree with Dougie though. I mean, Jermaine Easter, he plays all right, but he still doesn't seem to me to be one of those people who's going to start a game for us. And I don't think he's going to necessarily get that much in terms of being an impact sub. I think he'd be better as an impact sub than doing nothing, obviously, and often better than what we bring on. But I don't, I don't see him starting games. And I think Chris Martin coming in has really just properly solidified that. I mean, he's... You know he's going to be there, and he's going to be above Jermaine Easter. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure where Jermaine Easter fits into the current setup. But having said that, he has played quite well this season. I've been impressed with his work rate. So it's, it's mm. a bit bizarre, really, because he played more last season when I didn't think he played particularly well. Do we think there's an opportunity here for Calvin Andrew? No. I think there's always an opportunity for Cal for Calvino. <laughs> I I love Calvin Andrew, right? And I and I always did have wanted to see Calvin Andrew score, and I finally got to see that this season. No matter how many people try and take that goal away from him, it was Calvino's. And um, I don't know, Calvin Andrew is he's he's only really useful to you if you really need if you if you're leading a game and you need someone to just go and hurry defenders because he he's just a workhorse. He'll just he run around. And he's not got that much skill, but he'll cause a problem to a defence. And that's where you need players like Scanner and Zaha to sort of pick up on those errors that he's creating. But yeah, in all honesty, I don't think I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the first team anytime soon. Other than, well, other than maybe when we when we go into the FA Cup. Hmm. Poor old Calvin. You think he's going to play? I hope so. I'd I'd like to see him play in the, in the cup. I think. I don't know if two cup runs in a season would be such a good thing for us. I think that that's not going to help the fatigue levels given the number of injuries we've had this season and particularly long-term injuries. But I, th- I, th- I would like to see sort of a younger team in the FA Cup like we've done with the um, with the League Cup this year. I think that's a fair point. What do you think about Everson? Do you think there's an opportunity for Everson to come in or...? He seems to disappear off the face of the earth. Well, he's been injured, isn't he? And then he's sort of come back, and then he's he's not properly come back, and then he's saying he's coming back. He was on Soccer AM again, saying he's coming back. And um, he stop get off Soccer AM and get down the ground. Did I imagine him being on the bench for a game no, in the he, past couple? No, he he was on the bench. I think it was in the in the cup game. I think he was on the bench. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. But he, so, he, he was, so was Pedroza, wasn't he? Pedroza no ever, exist. No one knows. Who? No, he doesn't. No, no one knows what he looks like. I think it's Chris Hamblin in disguise. <laughs> in his hat. But, in his in his special hat. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I would like to see Pedroza actually get a run out. To be honest, right now, I think Pedroza offers something something different I think the the key we've had this season is people haven't known a lot about Zahar until he's really got in the media this season people didn't know about Johnny Williams people didn't expect it from Sean Scannell all that it, it's getting players in who other teams going to find it really hard to scout in advance and I think Pedroza maybe 
maybe it's worth sticking him on. He made the bench, didn't he? As you say for that game, but he didn't come on. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see what I'd like to see what the lads got. To be honest, we've uh, actually you've got, got a fair amount of strikers, haven't we? We do, but we do. We just have a distinct lack of creative midfielders. And it's like the, Warnock's getting chance. We, we could play <laughs> ten, ten strikers, but we wouldn't score, would we? No, and poor old Speroni, he'd have a, he'd get loads of assists though if we did score. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about your fantasy football team now. I am, yeah. I'm thinking Speroni's <laughs> got to go back in goal. Um, Talking of fantasies, who's got their crystals calendar? Anyone? <laughs> I want to know where to you get it from. <laughs> I haven't got one yet, but it's fair to say I will be I will be grabbing one pretty soon. That's a calendar, not a crystal. The calendar, right? Or a colander. It's, it's, yes, Amy is um, dis- a distant relation. Oh, it's okay. a distant relation to me. And um, No, she's, she's very lovely. All the crystal girls who I've met are. And um, she did actually ask me to bring up the uh, the Crystal Girls calendar, so I'm quite pleased that I didn't have to do that. So thank you, Albert. What does it retail for? <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I don't know what kind of category that falls into. So I don't know the, about the tax bans on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, go, go go and pick one up anyway. Again, a calendar, not a crystal. They won't appreciate if you go and pick one up. Anyway, so guys, we've had a look at the um, the, the misery that was Leicester City. And now I think we need to look on, before we come to Millwall, have a look, see what's been on the message boards this week. Mark, I'm going to let you have a go at William's broken leg. Oh, thank you very much. Obviously, a major topic of conversation on the boards this week. Very disappointing for the lad himself, obviously, and for all fans of Palace and of Johnny Williams. Obviously, everybody on the show, and I'm sure all the fans wish him a speedy recovery, I think it's estimated at something like three months, but uh, he's a young lad. He may heal a little bit quicker than than some others, but uh, it's very disappointing. And uh, I think he would have uh, definitely played a part uh, against Manchester United in in the cup game because he has been part of the Carling Cup team. So that would be disappointing for him. Uh, and. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. That's football, and uh, you know, it it really does pee you off when it happens when these players are on international duty, which is a whole new ball game, isn't it? <laughs> and 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 it wasn't it wasn't really a meaningful game, was it? Or I mean, Armenia under twenty ones, not really, no. No, huge it's game. It's yeah, not. It's huge. not worth us missing. There's one man and his dog in the crowd. You know. That's one man and his dog on the other team, probably. But you know that 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 bloke took out Johnny Williams. Yeah, I think the bloke who took him out has had threats on the HOL message board, isn't he? People want to know who he is. I just I just um, saw somebody write something about um, what's his name. I'll get him or something like that. Has he got a secret (laughs) fan club as well in the shape of Andy Dorman? But um, no, I mean, really, it's uh, it's a really sad thing for Johnny Williams. I mean, he's worked really hard coming through the academy to come up this season, and he's going to be out now, as you say, for at least three months by the by the sounds of it. And um, you've got to feel sorry for the lad. I mean, can I put a positive spin on it? No, you can't, because you sound like a you sound like a Dalek. I'm sorry, you're going to have to be quiet. Um, I just fucking um, love Doctor Who. He does love Doctor Who. 
But no, he's 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 out for a while, and hopefully this is gonna you know this is gonna teach him to come back as a you know in a mentally stronger place. But right now you you got to feel for him, and you got to feel for us as a team because we we saw today how much we're missing Johnny Williams and his creativity, his pace, his tenacity, and I know we expect a lot from such a young guy, but. You know he's he's really got all the all the potential to be to be something great, and he's already something really good for our team at the moment. So get well soon from Whole Radio to Johnny Williams. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, the biggest disappointment is is that you know he comes so far so quickly, and he was it was exciting player to watch, and he and he added another dimension to the team. And of course, you know that's all been sort of shattered, and and now you know. He's going to have to uh, sit on the sidelines and watch from afar without being able to take part in any shape or form for a while. And um, uh, the team, I think, will will suffer unless uh, Doogie comes up with some master plan to find somebody to sort of replace him. Maybe there's somebody in the academy coming through, knocking on the door, who might get an early chance. Maybe well, Carl De Silva or something like that. <clears throat> when yeah. we were talking to Chris Hamlin earlier about this, and he said, who would you have to come in and replace Williams? Or mm. replace someone in the middle of the park apart from our three defensive midfielders? I would love to see us give one of the academy a go. I mean, really, I mean, we got... We don't want three defensive midfielders there, so really, what have we got to lose? If we're going to play those three in the centre of the the in centre of midfield we're not going to get that far anyway so we might as well stick someone in there who's shown a lot of potential and see how they react you know they're going to play with no no fear and they're going to just go out and play their natural game you'd hope so yeah I think you're I think you're bang on the money with that to be honest I mean mm-hmm. like someone like Carl, like, Carl De Silva is it Jake Caprice he's in midfield as well yeah. isn't he I think I think, uh, I don't, I think Silva's a striker anyway isn't he Carl De Silva but I mean uh Somebody of that, you know, who's certainly caught the eye in the academy and and is, uh, I believe, training with the first team off and on. So, you know, maybe, you know, in a bizarre sort of way, it will give one of the other youngsters an opportunity to shine and maybe they'll they'll develop and and get a regular game or uh, be in the squad on match days uh, towards the end of the season. So, you know, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, well, we, we've covered the, the broken leg of Johnny Williams now, and we're going to go to some of your emails. Mark, have you got the emails in front of you? I do, yes, thanks. You, Here's one you... from Jerry Patchell, and Jerry says, Hi, Chris and company. Obviously, he means you, of course. Yeah. You. Being John, not Chris. But uh, anyway, it says, Hope this finds you well and reaches you safely. I'm hoping Mikey doesn't insert some words that aren't in there while I'm reading this. I'm dispatching this before leaving for my final Palace away match at Leicester. Confident that we can gain a positive result in this one club country. Anyway, in my previous email I stated that we needed more support for Murray up front and a new striker had experience of scoring regularly in the Championship. So delighted we have gained the loan services of Chris Martin. Here's hoping he can prove to be our very own fox in the box. Uh, great Southgate versus Parish program that Chris hosted on the 7th of November. Our co-chair spoke very passionate and made very sense concerning the subject matter. Without wishing to tempt fate, the club is in very good hands. Thanks for the excellent program, Jerry. Very thank well you, done, Jerry, Mark. for that. <clears throat> and thank you, Jerry. Well, well done, Mark, for uh, ignoring the the petty distractions of a certain producer we have. 
And mm. I've got another one. I'm, I don't know if it's been read out already because unfortunately I've had some technical problems here. But it's from Bambino Gask, which says, We are set out too defensively again. We're starving coming back. I think we're suffering from older shot syndrome. Uh, when they got drawn against Man United, they lost all their games. I was happy in the haze of a winning streak, uh, but the heaven... But heaven knows I'm miserable now. That said, if you told me we'd be just out of the playoffs in November, I would have chewed your nads off. Well, thanks for that, and I'm, I'm not. I'm glad I didn't offer you that because I'm quite attached to my own nads. But uh, thank you for getting in touch, Bambino, Bambino Gask. Yes, mm, indeed. <laughs> it is kind of true, though. I mean, you do get a lot of media hype, and I think that's only going to get worse um, over the sort of over the coming couple of weeks uh, ahead of the Man United match. And um, I'm hoping that's not going to have any effect on us going into such a key game against Millwall. I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure Dougie won't let that happen. But you know, you do, you do tend to worry just a little bit. You do, you do. You do when uh, uh, you look back and see that uh, Millwall beat Leicester three 0 on their home patch. But uh, uh, <laughs> I know. But uh, it's true. But anyway, Millwall lost today, so we can all celebrate. Millwall or Man United for you guys? Which one would you rather see a victory in? I thought we had. Uh, were we having um, Mikey? Are we having a poll on that? Has he got any results for that? Anyone been in touch? A poll. A poll. A poll. No. A Graham. We were, poll. but no. <laughs> Great. Well, let's do it now. Let's do it now between the three of us. There's going to be a majority. Okay. Well, you go first, then, Albert. I would rather. See us win against um, Millwall. Mark. Yeah, I think currently I'd like like us to beat Millwall, uh, but you know, it's uh, glory or well, I don't know. I just couldn't. I just can't face. I can. I can face just about losing to Man U, but losing to Millwall, I just don't even want to entertain the thought. If um, we beat Man U, my girlfriend won't speak to me. So. Well, you wanted to split up with her anyway, didn't you? <laughs> you no. Why not? Is she listening? Sorry, love. She'll be listening to the podcast. <laughs> right. We can edit J that bit out. J for joke. J for joke. Well, I personally, right, as much as I despise Millwall's football club, I, w- I would rather see us. Um, I'd rather see us beat Man United. Purely from a from a club point of view, I think getting into the semi-finals is it weird. We'd get loads of money for that. I mean, that would really put the club in a good place. And I'd rather sort of have a, have a positive outlook on it for the benefit <laughs> of the club and sort of a negative, let's just be I, I, because they I, hate I agree. It. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. But you know what always happens? The teams that do well in the cup. <laughs> they win the cup? <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they, go, they go down. They, play they go to Europe the final. <laughs> they go down, yeah. Never mind. Birmingham, uh, for example. <clears throat> Yeah, well, Birmingham are rubbish, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hi, Birmingham. Uh, All our listeners in Birmingham are mental by now. So. I know. Absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, we do have Millwall next, and that does sort of lead us nicely into our into our Millwall preview. As as we all know, they got beaten 2-1, I think it was today, by Bristol City, of all people, who haven't been playing that fantastically well this season. But I think it was two goals from, guess who, Nicky Maynard, who um, for them? I tell you what, they'd be lost without Nicky Maynard, wouldn't they? But you know, obviously they um, that was at home, 
they're going to come in with very low confidence off the back of that. They had a really poor attendance by the look of it from the TV today. And um, they, they're going to have a lot to prove. I, I think they're going to come out really fighting for this one because they always want to mm. beat Palace. Mm, this, uh, fighting oh, well, their, their, their fans, their fans are certainly going to be fighting for this one. That's without a doubt. But um, on That's the pitch, after after uh, yeah, after um, last season, especially at the Den, that was just appalling. Well, that was Burley's last game, wasn't it? It was. Uh, that was absolutely ah. Uh, that that wrecked my new year. Because they did the double yeah. over us last year, didn't they? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the home but, uh, I have to say that they, No, mm. true. But uh, that was the icing on the cake, I think. But um, uh, I feel like, although Millwall they're low, fairly lowly position at the moment, they've had they've had some decent results of late, and I think they're a better team than their position in the league suggests. And uh, as I said, they won at Leicester three 0 They thrashed Ipswich four uh, one. Uh, they comfortably beat Coventry, and they lost by the odd goal to Blackpool. So you know. And they got a draw uh, uh, early in the season with West Ham and away at Middlesbrough. So, you know, it's uh, you know it's going to be a tricky game. They're going to be well up for it. It's always going to be a tricky game playing playing in the derby anyway. But as you say, I mean, in in Kenny Jacket, they've got what is really a very good manager. I mean, you know, as much as I hate him for managing Millwall, he's a very good manager, and he does tend to get the most out of his teams. Um, and I say they're, they're quite a resilient team as well. I mean, they, you know, they rarely do they let their heads go down. And so they came from one nil down to to equalise today. I mean, they they all feel themselves unfortunate. They went on to to lose that two one, but you know they they gave it a go all the way. And I think it's just going to be a battle of tenacity because we this season, as opposed to last season, we haven't let our heads go down in the face of adversity either. And I, th- I think I think. It's poised to be a really good game, to be honest. Well, they, uh, they're they not sure. They score a lot of goals. Anyway, they don't have any problems scoring goals, so... No, despite uh, despite having lost Steve Morrison, who um, got on the score yeah. sheet, didn't I think? That's right. Mm. Hmm. So, that, we've given them less tickets this time, haven't we, lads? Yeah, they weren't impressed, were they? Uh, no, they, they weren't HP, were they? Um... There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of ruckus last season when they came to us, and um, they uh, forced their way in. I think, didn't they, to the uh, into the Arthur Waite? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's not going to happen this season. Um, it, it was a bit dodgy around the local area. All the pubs had to shut and things like that, which is always a problem when Millwall come to play. Um, but I, ju- I just hope it's well stewarded because I think we've really sort of. You know, this season I think we've done quite well to get the attendances up slightly, so we've got more of the floats, floating fans around. And um, I, d- I don't want to put any anyone to be put off coming to Sellers Park in the future by the actions of another team's fans, as much as they, you know, they would say that they're not really that responsible for that anymore, and that's not the way they do things. But you know, people have these reputations for a reason. If um, if they've been given. A smaller allocation, so which obviously means they're not getting the whole of the um, Arthur Waite stand. Does mm. that mean that there'll still be a Palace fan still in the Arthur Waite? Yeah, I believe so. I think uh, they will be. Yeah. Like, is it X and Y or something like that? 
Long. Yeah, it'll be probably the last two blocks, and then they'll have a block or two separating the two sets of fans. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I'd quite like to be sitting over there. That's for sure. No. What about the players to watch? Anyone uh, catch your eye? I know uh, Jay Simpson's there, the academy product from Arsenal. I think he scored today, actually, in their defeat. He did score. He so, did. Yeah. Score. yeah. Good player, and uh, I think number twenty-one well, player. Henderson, yep. uh, Darius he's, Henderson, former yeah, Sheffield United player. Yeah, but he got he, he, he got, got a hat trick in their three 0 win at Leicester. So. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was about to say. He, he's been on, he's been on good form this season. And I'd certainly say he's um, the the one who's going to step up into the boots of what Steve Morrison left um, when he went to Norwich. And Jay Simpson, I, I've I've always thought he's a really classy player, to be honest. And um, yeah, well, I, I would a- say he's going to be their main their main threat on the day. I think they've also got a player who's quite impressed me this season in midfield for Millwall, uh, Liam Trotter, youngster, but uh, seems to be involved in quite a lot of of their goals and you know assists and and uh, gets sort of uh, a few goals himself. And uh, he started his career at Ipswich, I believe, and then he moved to Millwall. And uh, yeah, you're right. There, you know, right. he's done he's done he's done pretty well for them. And he's he's only 23, but he's six foot two, and. Uh, I think he's, a uh, he's been in, he's he's been in good form for Millwall. So I think I think Liam Trotter, Jay Simpson, Darius Henderson will be uh, the danger men or the people to watch. And they of course got Darren Ward, ex Palace, in there as their of course half. Darren Ward. Oh, I've mm. forgotten about Darren. Cracking Ward. hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> you you tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> I will, but <laughs> from about fifty yards. Yeah. Tony Craig's well, there, isn't he? But he's not featuring at the moment as well. But uh, no, he's back sometime as well. He's back in the Hudson times, isn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah. But, but, uh, that Peter Taylor, a Peter really Taylor signing. I see. Well, you wouldn't believe it. They they haven't had a red card this season, Millwall either. Would you believe it? Not on the That's pitch, anyway. <laughs> 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 anyway, so let's get some predictions from you guys. Um, because I want to, I want to crack this on. To be honest, I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a two-one to Palace. I'm going to take the obvious one. Mark, I reckon, I reckon one-one. One-one. <laughs> Albert, the deciding vote. Oh, I'm on game. the fence. One-one, two-one. One-nil, Palace. Well, so we have I'm, a two I'm not one. confident. You could have just gone nil-nil, really. You would have been nil-nil at half-time and you would have got you made a fortune. I'd have been half right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, two of us have gone for, gone for wins. But, I mean, what do you think is going to have to change between today's performance and Saturday against, uh, against the wall? I mean, for me, we just got we've just got to put the right personnel out there. I think those three in the centre and midfield, it just it's just got to change. I mean, put Darren Ambrose back in the team. I thought he was finally starting to come into some half decent form, actually. It's, uh, it's too defensive break. at home, isn't it? It's too defensive at home. It is, and I think, I think that's where Darren Ambrose's misgivings are. Actually, defensively, he doesn't tackle properly. He he occupies a space and makes them pass it round him, which is fair enough because you know that's just that's what he does. But we we did miss him from set pieces, as Chris said earlier. And also just having another attack-minded player on the field, and I'd like to see him start, and I'd like to see Scannell get a go as well. And you know, 
I think I think that might be the way forward. Maybe leave Zaha on the bench to come on as an impact sub because he's had. Yeah, some he, he'll get absolutely murdered. I think they'll, you know, that'll be right. their first port of call, Zaha, if he starts. Mm. Change, and I hope that Doogie does something about it. That's all I can say about that. If Garvin's fit, then that throws a whole new sort of, uh, you know, uh, spanner in the works because then you start after thinking, well. Garvin's creative, but he's going to need some defensive cover. So, you know, what is he going to do then? So, it's, it's, it's you know, but Garvin's been on the men for weeks and there's no sign of him, not even on the bench. So, who knows? I do agree. I, th- I think even if he's fit, though, I, I wouldn't start him. I wouldn't want to risk him against the quite a tough tackling team like Millwall. Um, I'd, I'd bring him, I'd certainly want to look to bring him on as a substitute and get him some more time in the team and I think you know the kind of passes he puts in um, with places uh, with opposition players who are maybe maybe a bit leggy um, they, they they won't be able to intercept those kind of passes so it could be really you know clinical movement would, is what's required so if you brought on someone like Zaha and Garvin at the same time maybe that could work I don't know but yeah I wouldn't be so sure about starting Garvin for the next game but we will find out. Anyway, we're going to finish with some final emails from you all. Um, Albert, I think you have one to read first. Of course, as always. Uh, this is from um, someone who sh- hasn't really left a name, but it says, Evening, fellas, and John. Uh, what are your thoughts on the allocation for Millwall fans? Uh, will they bring loads of ticketless fans? Will they smash up the bogs if they do? How much should we charge them for repairs? It's an interesting question. Um, last season I left my kids at home for the game, but to be honest, I didn't see any trouble other than the boiled egg Humpty Dumpty Lumpty Dumpty lookalike getting thrown out of the main stand and a couple of hundred ripping the black canvas in the Arthur. Um, we'll bring them next week. If I don't, I'll have to miss the game. Do you know anyone who misses the game because of Millwall's reputation? Anywho, speak soon. And that is actually from Nick the gusset Nick the gusset gusset oh, thank well, we've you, covered Nick. the um, tickets or Nick the gusset I th- as I like to call him yeah um, uh, as for how much we would charge him I think about £2 million pounds would do it what do you think <laughs> for, for, Seems will they agony. bring loads of ticketless fans well, uh, will they yes before they will say they will yes so uh, it, I, I honestly think they will Felix. Mm. But um, I think if it's well policed, I think um, they should send a lot of them straight back up on the train. But it's hard with so many train stations around Palace to um, to really keep them all out and bus routes and things like that. And obviously they're not far away, so they'll probably give it a go. Um, no, I don't know anyone who misses the game because of the Millwall reputation. I know people who go to the game because of the Millwall reputation and because they just generally don't like Millwall. But I don't. I don't. I personally don't know of anyone who doesn't turn up for these games. You guys? No, no, I don't. Can't say. I know people that don't no. go to the den, but not. Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I yeah. take. Don't think I take any little kids to the den. But that's you know just a personal <laughs> thing. Sounds a bit shady. I wouldn't. Well, no. I mean, if I had a four or five year old or something, I don't think I'd take them to the den for an away day. <laughs> I think there are better choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not somewhere you take someone on a first. It's always date. a better I choice. Particularly hated them, is it? I'd rather take them down the park, you know, and just like put them on the swings and take them to the den. <laughs> anyway. 
Anyway, so we've got another email here from Andy Cook, and he says, uh, Hi guys, Murray's a 20-goal-a-season man if he gets a service. How many crosses have you seen coming from wide positions? Not enough. And say that's from Andy Cook. Uh, I think I think you're dead right, Andy, to be honest. I, d- I don't think... Given that we've played Ambrose out on, on the right so often, I still don't think we get enough crosses into him. I think the, the best crosses we've actually seen this season came when we had Ryan McGiven in on loan. And, you know, that obviously led to Johnny Parr's goal that he scored for us. And I think I think we have lacked a bit. I think we offer too often looking to come inside and either that or play sort of low balls across the box. But we, we're not really utilising Murray's strength in the air. So I think, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, actually. Mark? Well, I think, yeah, I, think I agree that he, he's definitely um, a goal scorer, Murray, in the sense that, you know, give him the decent service and I'm sure he probably will get you 15-20 goals we just don't seem to have um, we've got players with pace we've got players who can beat defenders, take them on you know, we we win free kicks all around the box in different, you know you know, in front of goal, out wide and so forth, but the delivery is just appalling, it is absolutely abysmal and I don't think I can remember, I mean I know we used to have <coughs> Routledge and Watson taking diabolical corners in years gone by but, oh, yes. Uh, yes. but, but, but I think um, uh, Dean Moxie's got a decent left peg on him but to be honest when you, I see anybody step up for a free kick or a, um, uh, or you know get to the byline to cross I go to the toilet you must have That's a really big bladder, mate. Because you're really no, nervous. Know, no, because I know nothing's going to happen. So it gives me a chance to go to the toilet. So there we go. That's about oh. it. Right, can anyone tell me anybody in the side who they think can put in a decent cross? Darren Ambrose, Pop. but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah I know. What? He doesn't what? He doesn't bother. Well, he doesn't play, does he? He's not playing. It's a bit difficult <laughs> from the bench. Although <laughs> if he was good enough, he would manage it, wouldn't he? Oh, he is. He is a good cross through the ball. But uh, he's not getting yeah, in the side because the rest of his game is not up to scratch at the moment. But at the moment, you have to look at the runner results. Doogie's got to make a change. And I think that, that you know, if we're going to score from set pieces, we need somebody who can deliver the ball. And in my opinion, Ambrose is not the greatest, but he's the best at the club. And for that reason, I think he deserves to play. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And finally, Mark, you're going to read us the last email out. Oh my god, who's, who's sent this in? Oh, there's no name on it. Have a guess. I'm sure, I'm sure it's um, it's uh, to catch me out, and I'm sure Mikey's probably inserted a few words that shouldn't be in there. Anyway, it says, uh, good tidings in this festive season to all at Homesdale Radio. Uh, <laughs> in the desert, when our skilled huntsmen blunt their sticks and allowed the wildebeest to run from their class, we have a famous saying, do not fear, Calvin Andrew is here. As our community huddled round the town's computer, there was a slight murmuring. Why is no one on HOL suggesting Big Calv? He's prolific, dynamic and has a finish like a crocodile. Are we saving him for the Man U game? One of the tribesmen suggested bringing in Dorman. But... And then I can't go on and say what uh, Mikey's inserted into the uh, rest of the uh, email because it's <laughs> that wasn't very me. Br- that anyway, wasn't there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely. Anyway. And, uh, it ends. Uh, we much look forward to our trip over to watch Millwall game next week, where we set sail for tomorrow on our longboats. <laughs> we understand they like a fight, so we've brought our skilled dart shooters and spearmen. Praise be to Hambo of the Bummer Hat and to all at Homestel Radio. And uh, that's probably serial thriller or something. Guess, but get get that in the best bits as well. Yeah, um, unfortunately, actually, some of that wasn't actually Mikey changing it, which is even more <laughs> bizarre. But <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for that serial thriller. You're, I, I read you every week, literally. Was that serial thriller? Was it? Uh, it obviously, obviously, was his cousin. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's been it. Um, we've we've had a bit of a shambles today, lads. To be honest, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out there. I've had technical meltdown. I think. I don't know what's happened to Albert, but he turned into a Dalek a couple of times. Mm. I just can love Doctor Who. Standard. (laughs) It's been fun, nevertheless. (laughs) And I'd like to thank Mikey, and also there's been Aaron running around in the the murky background of the whole radio cyber studio. And um, say, hopefully, come back next week, and um, we, we, we might be a bit better. You never know, stranger things have happened. We might even have a win to talk about and a goal. Yeah, possibly. So anyway, Both, I'd, like, please. I'd like to sort of thank Albert, and I'd like to sort of thank Mark, and I, I don't really want to thank myself at all, to be honest. But thanks very much for joining, uh, tuning into Whole Radio. You'll be able to download the podcast very shortly, and I'm, I'm sure you'll definitely do that. Thanks very much. <laughs> Uh, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then, um, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then, um, drinking, smoking, gambling. I just f***ing love Doctor Who. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.